A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Fighting on Film podcast, the podcast all about classic and obscure war movies, from the Normandy landings to the days of chivalry and swords. If it's been captured on film, we're going to try and cover it. I'm Robbie of RM Military History. I'm Matthew Moss of Historical Firearms and the Armourer's Bench. Hello there, sorry to interrupt. I wanted to let you know that you can now join our supporting cast over on Patreon. As thanks for your support, you'll be able to help us pick films, submit questions for guests, have first pick on brand new and exclusive merch, and much more. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back to Fighting on Film. This week we are taking a look at one of Netflix's more recent war films, uh, Blood and Gold, a film that uh, comes out of Germany and has had a, a bit of an interesting um, promo to it and with a, a relatively straight trailer and then followed by a, uh, a somewhat sort of um, spaghetti western Euro war movie a kind B of movie um, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I loved. That was really great. It was like, very well edited. One of the most interesting things Netflix done promoing a movie for a while for me, or at least you know relevant to the show, Um mm. Really like that. I'm just going to give a warning to listeners this week. My dog's sleeping in the room next to me. And when he is, I always like to say, hear any funny noises? It's him snoring. He's the loudest dog <laughs> in the world, even when he's asleep. Uh, anyway, but no, I love that trailer. It was like, what if Netflix was around in the 70s and they were like some yeah. sort of like low budget, like a hammer type studio. I really liked it. Um, but then we might come back to that later because that's maybe where my issues with the movie started. I don't know mm-hmm. it. It will, it will sort of bleed in later. Um, so maybe we should just throw in the cast quickly and then production and get into it. So uh, this movie is led by Robert Massa and the cast is predominantly made up of German actors. So unless I tell you different, rose to prominence after appearing in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation in 2015. Um, in 2019, he played the German pilot in 1917. Such a confusing movie to talk about because yeah. of the uh, years. Uh, he also featured in the Uncharted film adaptation, and this year he will play Alexi, or he's it's already out, I'm not sure. I don't think it got released in this country yet, I don't know. Um, in the, the film The Machine, the, the, you know that, Bert, is it Bert Kreischer? 
the bearded comedian. He has, he has like a podcast with another comedian. Right. And he did this stand-up routine, which was like he was the machine and it was this whole thing of being in Russia or something and they turned it into a movie. But he plays oh. himself, even though he was young at the time. Okay. Yeah. You, if oh, I think I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, if you've been on TikTok I've or something Facebook. Like this, but I haven't listened to the podcast, so I it don't It always know. comes yeah. up, this routine. I've had something similar to that, yeah. Yeah, not, not my kind of thing, but, you know, it looked... Um, it looked interesting, but yeah, he's in that. And the guy has cheekbones you could cut diamonds on. I was like mesmerized mm-hmm. by these cheekbones. Like uh, we all wish we looked as chiseled as as Massa. They even mention it at the start of the movie. The um the SS officer goes, "Oh, you have like you know cheekbones that some famous German would be proud of. You look Aryan type for you." Um, mm-hmm. We're talking about that that Obersturmfuhrer. He's played by Alex Shear. Uh, he's born in East Germany in 1976, and he's considered one of the most daring German actors of his generation, and he's picked up no less than eight German film awards. Very prolific in his mm-hmm. home country. Lots of German TV film credits. Um, his credits uh, the notable include Carlos the Jackal, which was an Emmy award-winning series from 2010, uh, 2017's Pirates of the Caribbean, Salazar's Revenge, and he played Dieter uh, Degowski in 57 Hours, which was a miniseries depicting the 1988 Gladbeck hostage crisis. Now, if you know anything about that, um, wow. it's a fantastic um, uh, verbatim documentary, like a traditional um, documentary on Netflix at the moment, which is brilliant. It, it's a whole thing about the media get over-involved in the hostage crisis. They're following these people around. At one point, they're in a town and all the media are swarming this car, but the, the car's with two guys in and they've got guns to hostages. It, it was a huge thing in the 80s, late 80s in Germany. Um, he plays one of the hostage takers. who play the guy very well from seeing him as menacing in this. Um, you know, I don't think we've had such a caricature of, a, great. of an SS great. villain since the 70s. It was such a, a cool overplayed yet understated performance I really like watching him work um, then we have Simon Rupp he plays Paulie um, uh, he's or Pauli as uh, you say in German uh, Blood and Gold is his first credit but he did appear in uh, the German series Champions um, we have Jochen Nickel as the pastor fans of the show will recognise him from Schindler's List uh, he played Rollo in, in Stalingrad in, in 1993 like I knew I knew his face He's yeah, a big beard in this. And I was like, I know that face. And then me and Matt looked it up beforehand. Because search, searching some of these actors down through Wikipedia, through IMDb, it's been a bit of a nightmare this week. We've had a bit of the, It seems like this movie, as Netflix does, I don't know how Matt feels about this, but films come out on Netflix, they have their two days in the sun, and then they're gone. They sort of, they sort of fall back into the ether. Yeah, there's a little bit of buzz for a while, and then, yeah, not, not as much, that's for sure, yeah. And he was also in the Turncoat, um, series, which is a German mini series set mm. in 1944, I think. Uh, then we have Mary Hack as Elsa. She's uh, Pauli's sister. Uh, she's born in West Germany. She appeared in Outlander in 2018. She was in Soko Stuttgart, which is like a, a German I think, police procedural detective show. Um, I think Jochen Nickel even appeared in, in that at one point. And Blood and Gold seems to be her biggest um, credit that would probably you know, be known to good. Westerners. She's very good in this. Everyone's very good in this. Um, mm, the cast is really fantastic. strong. Yeah. Then we have uh, Florian Schmidtke as Dorfler. Uh, he's the, uh, the, sh- the sergeant, uh, sort of the underling to uh, to Obersfuhrer uh, Starnfeld. He's got, you know, many German film and TV credits. Again, uh, things that uh, listeners might know him from uh, is he was Werner in War Sailor, which came out recently on Netflix. 
Um, and he also played Tylo or Talio um, in the German Netflix series Barbarians in 10 episodes from 2020, 2022. It's like a historical action drama. Oh, like Vikings. Yeah, a bit like it seemed a bit like Vikings. Not again, mm. I'm not really fantasy person or I'm not no. really fantasy. No. You know what I mean? I know we say shivery and swords at the start of the show, but I've got to admit, I'm oh, don't, don't, don't I'm start. I think it's going to be blow the pod wide open. Me and my wife are on and we know we have, we have really have um, and there are there is literally a list of movies at fourth hq that we have pigeonholed as uh shivery and swords movies and we really should just do a month of them um and see if the pod weathers that storm uh if you want <laughs> that just do one from one a month for a bit <laughs> if you want that ladies and gentlemen please let us know on our socials because we will we will accommodate you if you want shivery and swords we will get messages about it <laughs> we do we do <laughs> give them what they want matt give them what they want um and then we have a um, roy mccreary or mccreary um and he, he plays the u.s sergeant who's only in it for a few lines but he's in it nevertheless and uh, he's an english actor he appeared in the liberator in 2020 he also oh. played uh, a red coat in the patriot um and he also played captain mccallister in the d-day reboot series in 2018 they're the major players really it's a strong cast nevertheless i, I really enjoyed the cast We'll find out what I think later. <laughs> yeah. Let's just round out um, production side of things. So it was directed by uh, Peter Thorworth. Um, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation of a fine German name. Your best, Matt. Um, he has had an interesting career directing lots of German uh, music videos and films. Um, in 2021, he directed a successful um horror film for netflix called uh blood red sky which is kind of like a virus on yeah. a plane yeah um, look quite interesting yeah yeah he, he apparently been wanting to make that for a number of years and managed to get mm. it with netflix uh the film was written uh by uh, peter and stefan barth um who's a novelist and a very experienced screenwriter with lots of german tv um, and film credits uh cinematography was handled by mark arkenbach um, and the music was uh, co-created by Jessica uh, De Rouge and Hen uh, and Hendrik Nolly, um, a pair of uh, I believe um, uh, Dutch uh, mm -hmm. composers. Alongside their score, there's also inclusions of period um, popular music to break up some of the more yeah, there uh, is. tense, yeah. serious moments. I think the uh, soundtrack is one of the strongest parts of this movie. I really like it. Okay. Um, it's just yeah. a shame. Yeah. I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm going to give up all my final thoughts, but I think it's a shame that the soundtrack isn't then used to lean into more of that, those beats that mm. they grab in. I know um, what you mean. Mm. Uh, it was filmed in the Czech Republic near Prague and, uh, and the Czech town of, Vizluni, I believe it's pronounced, um, okay. served as the backdrop uh, of um, Sonnenberg um, uh, for the film. I don't believe it's actually, I think, I think it is actually named as Sonnenberg in the film, but it's um, essentially it's that provided the backdrop of um, yeah. the village. It's like a hot, um, it's like, a, you know, you've just called it somewhere, you know, like they, when they shoot Chicago and it's New York. Perhaps, yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. Um, Armorer, well, uh, the the armorer was uh, Marek Bocek, um, and he has worked on a whole raft of really interesting films, 
Flame and Citroen in 2008, a remake of De Brucker in 2008 as well. Yes. Um, the Czech film To Brook, uh, which mm. is a is a is an interesting one we must must cover at some point. Uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Uh, nice link, link there, there to uh, yeah, um, NASA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1864, the Danish production. Uh, in 2014, Line of Separation 2015 to 18, which was a TV series um, set at the end of the war. Um, Child 44, which was a Gary Oldman and that Tom flopped a bit, didn't it? Harvey I remember. Picture, which yeah. just a weird premise to get like a big, you know, a, yeah. a punchy box office on it. Yeah. Uh, Anthropoid in 2016, Das Boot in 2018, Jojo Rabbit in 2019. Wow, um, what a so, so uh, the armor on the film has worked on lots of really good productions, essentially. Mm. Um, I couldn't find a, a historical advisor for the film, but there is a um, a thank you credit at the end to uh, Dr. Christian Hartman, who's okay. a German historian. Mm. So perhaps he may have... Yeah, I mean, everything I somewhere. saw looks, you know, bright. Yeah, no, well, I, I, mean, I couldn't we'll, pick it, really, you know. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment in the alley tally, mm. but... Um, they, I, I did read that they said during interviews that they wanted to to make a, a Western set during the Second World War, which I think we'll come back to as a point later on. Um, mm. It works in some ways, and in some others it doesn't. Um, also saw on one of the articles about the film that it was originally going to be called Once Upon a Time in Germany, um, but this was would have clashed with the 2017 movie. Um, so they decided to go with with another title. Yeah, this is a better title. Yeah, yeah. it's a little bit more, uh, more um, ambiguous, I think, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, a little bit. And that, you know what you're getting. I think that brings us to this week's One Word Reviews. And we had a couple. Um, Liam Patrick said, Good. Uh, <laughs> SOE Spirit of Resistance said, Meh. Yeah. Um, A.D. Bond said tense. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian um, Dark Secret Place on Twitter said meh as well. Uh, right. Um, Mr. Mr. C1966 said need to watch quickly, all one word. Um, As he said, Kubelwagen. Um, yeah. We had, a, we had uh, once a modeler, another meh. Uh, Albert Yom said deadly. Um, JD said brutal, and uh, Stephen O'Neill said okay. So kind of mixed reviews on that one, I think. Yeah, and then we had Lance. I think Lance uh, Nielsen said the dog's bollocks, which was yeah, but the, that was three words. So I mean, yeah, no. I mean, the, the sorry, Lance bollocks. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Some polarizing thoughts there. I, I kind of fall, yeah. I fall into one of those camps. I mean, you might have worked out already, dear listener, but um. No, I think it's fair, like because this because this is the thing about this film. And jump off with a quick tangent. It comes out the day that Sizu comes out. Off tangent, never. I know, right? It comes out the day that Sizu comes out, and it kind of felt like this is this was Netflix's go. I know we know from the few weeks ago, that if, but if you're a new listener, you might not. Um, Sizu originally was going to be a Netflix film. It was going to be you know mm. optioned by them and, and and released. So we always wondered, and I, you might not ever get to the bottom of it. Um, you know, unless it comes out some some months down the line, but this kind of feels like this was bought or optioned by Netflix um, for the streaming service to be their sort of Zizu replacement, and maybe that 
that period type trailer was to lamp onto the Sisu reaction to that trailer mm-hmm. because everything you get in that trailer you get and more. Whereas this one, it feels like everything you get in the trailer you pretty much see, and that's a, probably about it in terms of action. Because well, it wouldn't be the first time that a studio had um, put out a rival picture of a similar. Very, thing. very true. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, isn't, this isn't even in like mockbuster territory either. You're not trying to like cash in. This is this is a well well made film, you know, for its budget. Absolutely. And yeah. Everything else. I'm, I'm, it, 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 the the actual production itself isn't the thing I take umbrage with this week, um, or, or not umbrage even. Just I don't really get. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that this comes out at the same time and. I know that the thing I think the hype for Sisu might have been bigger um, because Sisu's getting a theatrical release over here at least. This is straight to Netflix. It's yeah. streaming versus theatrical. Like, still, is it still a thing we're going to have to work through as a, as a, as a viewing public, as a, as a uh, co- consumers of content? We're going to have to. This is a weird medium that we're in right now. One is still perceived as probably being a, a lot more prestigious than the other. I think yeah, Sisu... there's a director DVD sort of stigma with mm. Netflix and streamers still, I think isn't so. it? To yeah. a degree. Although God knows some good stuff has come out of it, but Yeah, exactly. It's weird. You get something like uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, which is like an Oscar contender. Yeah, winner. And then yeah, exact winner, sorry. And then you get this. And where does this sit? Because Netflix isn't, it's not a creative thing. It's not like, um, you know, the Criterion yeah. Collection. It's well, not God like... knows studios are putting out some crap anyway into, into theatres. I mean, look at that new oh. Jennifer Lawrence film. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's some weird is, things. Which is, again, being... that's a Sony picture, which yeah. we saw the trailer for that. Um, with the, uh, that, was a a, that was an experience, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> In a room and, you know, if, if anyone from Sony is listening to that, like, don't take that to heart. Yeah. Fly on film talks non-genre movies for right. Talk about tangents. Amazing. Um, Jumping off the back of that, let's talk about some alley kit. It's time for Alley Tally on Fighting on Film. It's nice to see a, a German officer popping pills. Yeah, the Peverton. Yeah, rarely see that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they made a point of of panning over the tube too, so you can yeah. see the name and yeah, that's cool. I mean, I really like the uh, the characterization of the of the Colonel. Really do. I, yeah, he he plays it fabulously. It's uh, archetypal evil Nazi SS officer, but it's so sinister and unhinged to the point of perfection i think mm. and, and you remind that, me that of... tin face prosthetic really adds to it because yeah. the the practical effects or the impractical effects yeah. the and he gets the ring CGI. out of the eye uh, yeah. oh gosh that was and then yeah. the, oh god that was brutally you know done and he you, you don't even, they don't even tell you how he lost his face really do they like um no. so that was a nice little thing they go oh, how did he lose it did he, did he get like dragged through a well, there's lots of nice nuances with all of the mm. characters um that you could you know the you've got the um the the priest or the pastor that is um you know essentially a, a lapsed catholic mm. going out with or having as a you know partner the 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 huntress yeah. um who pops up later in the film um the nuance of um mary um hank hacks character uh elsa where she 
has a uh, fiance that's gone off to war or husband mm. that's gone off to war and she's looking after her brother. There's a, a hell of a farm. lot going on. There's this, like, yeah, you know, there's lots that you that yeah. is there for you to go, wow, okay. They build up and, the little town really well. And... They do, yeah. Um, because you've got the Gowlighter, you've got the... And then we've got like his wife who's disgruntled because he's having a, an affair with um like the the local business lady it's very interesting like there's a lot of nuance within the characterization of of the of the characters yeah. but at the same time when people were asking me what i thought of it initially because i watched it a couple of weeks ago um on twitter i, I was describing it as like zisu but with a little bit more depth yeah i think you're right there i mean i think um, it it has it has zisu elements but i don't think it's in the same bracket no, it isn't, and we'll talk about more. Yeah, Zizu never before. slowed down. This this movie does. No, this no, movie this, does. this has this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this has but a in, in terms of in terms of Ali stuff, there's a Sherman. Wasn't expecting to see. That was yeah. cool. Um, right at the end. Right at the end. Yeah, MP40s galore. I've never mm-hmm. seen so many MP40s being fired, and they have the right tack tack tack. They're like slow they do. Kind of rate of fire, that and they reload nice. them. Yeah, that was cool, and they have a nice thing where. You know, like in um, Last of the Mohicans, where you've got a guy giving a guy fouling pieces that are already loaded, yeah. so it's quicker. You've got a guy giving it the the the, yeah. the German the MP40. sergeant MP40 says so have to reload. There's a nice section um, where you see like a sniper rifle being used. Uh, yeah, air with a scope. Yeah. yeah, a Panzerfaust um, at the end. That's pretty cool. Panzerfaust was cool. Uh, P38 pistols throughout. Mm. MG42s. In the opening and in other bits, um, there's a nice section where they're in the um, the, the rafters of the church, and there's some M39 uh, German egg grenades being rolled around. That's nice, yeah. Um, yeah. The Panzerfaust was really cool. Um, I'm not sure it would have collapsed an entire medieval spire, <laughs> but it was that's a bit op. Matt, that? Matt spent months writing about the pier like take it out what it can and can't take out so he's like you know you looked at pa- what a Panzerfaust can and can't take out for <laughs> contrast so every time I see a Panzerfaust used in the movie I'm like Matt's going to be all over that one <laughs> it was cool nice, to see him though it was, you it know. was a nice inclusion and it, the, the CGI for it wasn't too bad mm. they they kind of showed that you know, it wasn't the fastest flying projectile no exactly because I might be talking out of my backside but I don't think the Panzerfaust is in movies as much as we think it is. No, that's kind of like how um, we think the Pia isn't is is it in as much as it really is. like it's not. Yeah, you know, it pops up, but it's not as, as prevalent as you think it would be. Like there was how many Panzerfausts were knocking around at that top part of the war? There was it was oh, so thousands, many of them. Tens of you know, lads, yeah. lads had bundles of them running around. You know, the Volksh mm. them, you know, handed them as <laughs> there's like singular weapons because it just wasn't, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and you know. Totally decent rifles things and knock him around um but it was nice to see it like and she shot and she fired it i thought it would be like um you know like a tease that it wouldn't get used or something that was yeah. nice um you get a kubelwagen being blown up that's cool to see yeah yeah in a, you in know a i really... did like i like the the straping run of the the u.s um aircraft that was cool. and it didn't it didn't blow up the truck they just no. aerated it so the cannon fire wrecked the chassis it was nice. Matt, Matt appreciated that. that. I, knew, I know you I did. did. <laughs> I was like, that oh, was look, good. that didn't blow up. Normally, yeah. that, normally that would blow up in a film, but and, they, and I liked they the, tried to do something different. Yeah, it was nice. I, I liked it. And it was nice, like not the not the whole like fake out in Seven Private Ryan where, it, you know, is it Miller 
Or, no, it's actually the tank buster because, yeah. you know, God, I remember. Do you remember that? Do you remember that whole thing? Like, just to go off on another tangent this week, but do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember how boring and laborious that was to talk about with people before yeah. the internet proper? How yeah. did he shoot that tank with a handgun? Yeah. Well, at school, we'd be like, a bullet went up the, went up the turret. Oh, yeah. <laughs> went up the, sorry, the barrel of there's the probably, tiger. There's probably a few, a like, four, like, there's probably, like, at least a few, like, 480, 240p YouTube videos where people talk about that. It's got to be. 15 got, years like, ago. You know, like, the, the early days of YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. exactly. But now we have these beautiful widescreen shots. Maybe on like an old telly. Maybe that it cropped it a little bit. I watched it a lot on a little combi TV and I, I always thought it was it was the, the plane that flew over. Part of me, part of me thought it, wished it was Miller. And then when you're old, you think, nah, it's obviously the tank buster getting a good hit on the back of that radiator or something. You know, <laughs> like who knows? Anyway. anyway. But no, it's it was nice. Oh, Opal, we're talking about uh, vehicles and things. Uh, the Opal Blitz, that was a lovely mm. little little thing to see, and it had it was a genuine Opal Blitz, not a yeah. not a mocked up Benny, the... not a post war vehicle painted grey like in um Sizu. It was an actual yeah. Opal Blitz. I was like, wow, very they nice. They did a great job getting some period kit, and I'm going to say it, it had decent mise en scène. Like, just about to mention the that kit it did. feels authentic, and and mm. it captures that late war griminess. There's there's nuance within even the supporting cast uniforms. Um, helmet covers are different. There's a, a medic with a, kit, with a painted yeah. um, helmet there as well. Um, different, I think one's wearing like the early flecton type. Um, yeah, the blouse thing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, it's not called flecton, but it's one of the tons. Is it oak? Um, oak pattern? Yeah, something like Someone, that. I'm probably way off. Someone's going to moan at me on. Definitely not that. an expert on uh, on German yeah. camo of the late war period, that's for sure. Um Camo oh. Corner with Matthew Moss. It's never going to be a feature, that's for sure. No, we've tried um, before. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like the little intricacies. They've The, the costumers have gone to um, some nice lengths to put different kit in different mm. places on people, like different mess tins, uh, respirator like tubes and, and bayonets in different spots. And, and there's some yeah. nice civilian weapons as well, like the shotgun that um, they yeah, also has, the, things like that. The, it's really um, cool. The, the the big boar hunting rifles that the mm. hunter, huntress mm. has. Um, I can't remember whether she was actually given a name in the film, but yeah. she's... Um, I was annoyed there was no Volkstern, though. Yeah, yeah, in that is true. I mean, the Gauleiter dude kind of like hints that he he's the local area commander, doesn't yeah. he? But you don't see yeah. anyone. Um, I mean, it's, I not, thought... it's not beyond the realm's possibility that, that that local Volkstern just might have just disintegrated way before the Americans got there. They've not been put on a truck not. and taken to that village that they see in the distance getting absolutely oh, yeah, hammered. Maybe. Yeah. That's a really nice shot, actually. I like that. I so do like in, that. Yeah. They're in like a, a roof of somewhere. Is it the church? I don't know. Mm. But they're, they're they're overlooking and they can see in the distance. And there's a little conversation between two of the actors. And he says, my aunt lives there. Yes. Um, it felt, it did really feel like there was a war going on other mm. than... You know, th- this little village was going to be eclipsed eventually. You know, yeah, it, 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 certainly, feel, it certainly it did felt, that better than Zisu did. It did, yeah, because Zisu felt like it was taking part in its own alternate universe mm. right until the end when you saw some Finnish troops. Yeah. Um, but then that movie is, you know, that movie's in its own league, really, in terms of what it did. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, I think, you know, it's in overall, in terms of Valley, in terms of kit and equipment seen on screen, this is quite powerful. It's a strong contender for. Yeah. Um, from what we've had for many weeks, for a few weeks now, I think this one's up there. 
Um, there was nothing that really stood out to me as being completely out of the blue. Um, and it's not, and I wasn't really expecting much anyway. Um, no, so no. I was pleasantly surprised. One thing yeah. that I did see, one of the American chaps was wearing M1950 one suspenders which are post-war yeah. Korean War it might be M49 well they're Korean War ones anyway so they've got yeah. a thicker a thicker webbing strap right, but right. that's really like anorak you know yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I anorak help it. corner with Rob it really was <laughs> literally like a three second glimpse of some Americans at the end of the film and Rob's there like nah I was analysing nah, that. that one there <laughs> out of those dozen guys that one that one right there is wearing the wrong webbing literally was literally was like that yeah um but no sometimes this is you know, where we get another like another arsy comment um or review where it's like they're just rivet counters like we're not as, honestly i swear to god although i love that about us so what could you know i'm gonna hang my hat on that every week now at least we compartmentalize it into just one section of the show anyway i think we should probably move on to favorite scenes here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So for me this week, my favorite scene has to be um, Paul in the church tower. Um, yeah, it's good, isn't it? it it's a very uh, nice payoff to a character that you know something bad is going to happen to. I know, I was really sad when he got hurt. Because um, he's introduced, he's, he's kind, he's looking after animals. Um, he helps uh, Lanza's back, like kind of like. Yeah. There's a scene in the farmhouse where um, Elsa's brought the, uh, Lanza the the um, I think he's called the private in the British credits um, back to her farmhouse, and and Paul kind of like cracks his back for him. Yes. <laughs> um, and. They call him our little ox or something, don't they? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, like, it, it but, just feels like he's been sheltered from the war there. I really yes. like that. You know, mm, they're the really, strong, really strong characters. Again, I've got to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I respect the representation, uh, you know, of people with Down syndrome um, and the mention of Nazi extermination, of disabled people, unmentioned, et cetera. Mm. Um, and then Paul has his badass little sequence that you aren't quite expecting. He's obviously, you know, he's not as oblivious and helpless as, as he's no. set up to be. Yeah. Um, and, and he goes out like a don. He really uh, does. He goes out like an absolute G. They, but he has motivation, though, because they kill his cow. They do. They kill his cow. Oh, they well change chickens. And they try and make his <laughs> sister. So he, that really he's got, got plenty of... I was like, not a cow. <laughs> as long as the cow, cow is going to die. Like, 
you knew that the car was going to get shot. Paul was going to be sad about that, and then Paul was going to die at some point. That was always on the cards. I was really sad that they emotionally in life physically abused it i was really sad about that i was like there's no need chaps there's literally no need like well you know nazis oh yeah so, you know but bad guys good a bad guy but even exactly. then so he oh he gets God. that great little sequence where they take him up into the church tower to make a, a an example of him and that um, whole put, thing of you know again sorry we should have mentioned it, the alley tally is more historical but the whole thing of putting signs around people and hanging them yeah. late war it, it happened it was happening Unworthy yeah. to live uh, around mm. his neck. I was waiting Taking for them the... to start like painting propaganda stuff on walls and things for the sake of the people. Like I was, yeah, but I, was I mean, they weren't that. really that arseworthy. They were just there to like no, find the gold, weren't. so they weren't like. I know, but I, I, if it happened, it'd, on been, cause. It, it'd been it'd been accurate and nice addition if they had, yeah. you know, Sieg Sieg on a wall. They used to mm-hmm. write that and things. And then I read a thing where. <laughs> there was a Volksturm, sorry, quickly thing. There was a Volksturm guy, he wrote a diary and he said something like, it was pointless. <laughs> like, like he said, we've been fighting this war for nearly, six, for nearly six years now and you've literally walked into the town, painted some stuff on a wall and expected us all to like fight because you've done some graffiti. He was he thought it was absurd. <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing him massively, but it always makes it. I'm, I'm writing a thing at the moment about the Volksturm, that's why I keep bringing it up, it's in my head. Um, but interesting how the end of the in germany the end of the war is so fascinating really yeah yeah um and that's why i kind of like this movie for, for what it yeah did the, the film captures that end of the war gritty um mm. you know inevitable no one's safe no, one, no one's at ease are they there's this, this no no there's yeah. a tension throughout the whole film and i mm. love that um but yeah they they take him up into the tower they uh they're about to hang him and then paul you know has this uh Great moment where he kicks or pushes a guy yeah. out of the tower. Um, That's what the an gore came that, sort of, that was being glorious bastards that bit with an MP5 yeah. shooting them down. That reminded me of the cinema sequence. Yeah. And then shouts, I'll show you who's unworthy to live, which I love. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, good writing. It's, good it's, writing a, it's a good scene. That's that's my favourite scene. No, it's good. For me, I'm not, you, you thought I was done talking about the Yanks, um, <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I I liked seeing I, I liked when the, the the Sherman turned up. I was really not expecting it. Yeah, no, so I think it's Sonia. I think it's the mayor's yes. the mayor's squeeze yeah. um, woman, late lady friend. She's driving away with the, with the gold in the back of the Kubelwagen, or yeah. some of the gold at least in the back of the Kubelwagen, and it's all happy. And you've got this like sort of like summer summery type music. It's yeah. like you know it's, what's that what's that classic song? It's like it felt like that. Um, yeah, you know, in the background, and it's the, the color palette changes a little bit, and it all seems happy. And I thought that was a genuine end, so I was like, oh, okay, someone gets away. And there's this huge explosion, and she, the cool one flies off screen, like turns over, and a Sherman just pulls up out of the view. And you've got a you know, stereotypical sort of gun ho GI going, Yeah, we got him. You know, I really like that sort of uh, like mm-hmm. sort of cowboy esque sort of uh, yeah, we got him. Um, and then they go and inspect the cool wagon, and there's gold. and this, jerk, this uh, American sergeant gets off the, the jeep and he's like, oh, okay, you know, some gold. And um, you know, the private or the corporal's like, we should call it in. And the, the guy goes, no, no, I think we should, just keep it. Um, I really like that. And I thought then, this is me sort of straying as final thoughts, don't mean to, but I wish they'd then come in and caused absolute carnage in the town at the end to, to find more gold, to be greedy. I thought that's what they were going to. So I thought they were going to get involved more. They didn't. 
Um, so I was, I was just a bit disappointed anyway. But interestingly, another thing I've got to mention, um, I got excited because I was like, oh, black soldiers, you barely see like mm-hmm. black GIs in any in any war film because, or not any war film, there's a few, but not many um, because, uh, you know, you might not be a aware listener, but the American army was segregated until um, I think it was 1946, wasn't it? 1947? Yeah, late forties at least. I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head. Um, it was Truman that, that um, wasn't. Hang on, oh, yeah, a couple was, Yeah, yeah, Truman um, desegregated the army. Um, so I was really interested to see it. There was a recent uh, straight to streaming film called Come Out Fighting that, that, that dealt with um, uh, black uh, tankers in World War Two. Um, but the guys that and, and the shoulder patch I was like, oh, I researched that. And I kind of vaguely know that shoulder patch from somewhere. Um, and it turned out that I was getting a bit confused with another movie but then i found out what that movie was so that the movie i'd remembered the shoulder patch from was the miracle at Santa anna which is a spike leaf uh-huh. 2008 yeah, yeah so i was like right now we're on to somewhere so that, that's not set in germany is it no that's it in italy so they served in italy and western europe and then I, and no they they only served in italy um so i don't know what they're doing there unless they've you know driven their tank straight up you know they did what churchill wanted Soft underbelly, keep going <laughs> straight to Berlin, boys. Not going to stop. Um, but no, I like it, even though it was anachronistic. It must have been I an like, artistic choice. Maybe, I think. yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a nice choice anyway. It's nice to see them. Interesting. They wish. made the correct division as well, because they could have easily just you know badged them up as anyone. Yeah, they could have, couldn't they? And I still would. They could have just not had any badges on. It'd have been fine. Yeah. Um, but no, a nice inclusion nevertheless, and it did remind me that we should do Miracle at Santana. Um, because that's an interesting film. Um, because mm, yeah, Spike Lee's done two war films, isn't he? He's done that one and the, the Five Bloods. Five Blood, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but anyway, th- that was a favorite scene of mine. I also liked any scene with the SS um, officer in because of how cartoonishly evil he was. Um, he got his comeuppance, I mean, got poisoned yeah, in the end. His death scene is is great. Um, oh, yeah. Elsa, um, using his own cyanide pill. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like him, that whole like sort of like end him. of war beats Oof. as well was really nice. Yeah, um, but she didn't take his pistol. No, another example of when you should take the pistol. But the sinisterness of him claiming her for himself, mm. but not doing it in it. This is good writing, but not doing it in a like. I, I can't. It's difficult to explain it without being creepy, but like not in a sort of aggressively. A grabby way, you know what I mean. I'm trying to say he did it through. Yeah, words. there's a there's a sinister air to the way he does it, and he sort of yeah he lays claim to her, and he he kind of just the because air he gives off is there's no yeah. there's no saying no. No, yeah, if you say no, I'll kill you or worse type thing. Yeah, yeah it's it's almost it, it not it's not worse, but it's on the same level as her nearly being um, essayed earlier in the movie. Um, or being, you know, sexually assaulted yeah. early in the movie, it, it's on a par with that for the level of creepiness. Played really well. Um, hmm. You know, Von Von Starnfield would, you know, he'd scare the shit out of any commando book GI or, or commando. <laughs> like, oh yeah, in his it's, evilness, he'd be up it's there. It's classic me. archetypal. Yeah, SS really good. It, and it's a trope that I haven't seen for a while, so I was really like into it, and I was like, oh, this dude's evil as fuck. Hope he gets killed. Mm-hmm. Thank fuck he did. Right. <laughs> That's one thing the movie does pay yeah. off, though. Characters you don't like do get demises, and I and I like that because sometimes the demises aren't as tasty as you want them to be. But his his was tasty. Mm, very true. Mm. 
Very true. Final thoughts? Um, I I liked it. I, I watched it uh, a few weeks before Rob did. Um, and on first viewing, I was like, oh, this is really good. I, I actually did what I never do. And I watched watched it with the uh, Netflix dub. How could you, Matthew? You've broken I know. an internal fight on film rule. If the movie's in a certain language, you watch it in a certain language. I know. Um, and you know what? It wasn't a bad dub. It's not it was a bad dub. Okay. Fair enough, then. Uh, it was there you go, listeners. You've got the green light from Mr. Moss there. The dub is fine. Because sometimes the dub just loses loses its... It does. It loses nuance. It loses something. Um, yeah. And I thought it 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 was a really interesting uh story well scripted well acted um nicely shot although not in the style that i expected because i was expecting a little more of that kind of uh uh sort of like pulp grindhouse euro war uh, macaroni i was waiting movie. for like whip transitions and cl- yeah. like box close-ups like sergio leone mm-hmm. type stuff yeah you know, like those attack, like those West, you know, spaghetti Western type stuff. Yep. A bit Wes Anderson. I was waiting for that, but um, it didn't um, happen. Which is a shame. Yeah, it. I think what happened is they wanted to do a Western sort of style film, but then for some reason or other, somewhere within production, it didn't really Pan come out off, that way. Or perhaps yeah. that was just something that they they decided to say afterwards because of. Um, marketing and Wait, maybe, I think it's Zizu. evolved I don't know I think Zizu hurt hurt that maybe a little bit they, mm-hmm. you know Netflix wants to get its Zizu out Zizu-ness out so it edit up, mm-hmm. edits up that trailer um, I think that's for me because I'm in the same boat with you I well I'm a little bit in the same boat I'm sort of paddling the trailer was really good behind um, you yeah yeah I mean I think just to, before um, no it's fine we 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 go into it. I think the Tarantino comparisons are understandable, especially from that farmhouse scene. It's very yes. easy for someone to just take a cursory glance at that and go, "Oh yeah, it's the Inglorious Bastards farm opening." Mm. Um, but it it does overlook that like rich history of Euro War movies and and yeah, yeah. they get overlooked those... massively. They're very quite influential even today. Mm. Um, there's definitely a certain certain to- uh, breed of movie maker that still holds those movies quite dear. You know, yeah. and we shouldn't overlook I mean, the influence of spaghetti westerns overall, anyway. Well, you know, in, well, yeah, exactly. And like Zissou, I wouldn't call this a war film. I would say that there are um, there are more elements in it of war film. Yeah, it's like a genre. wartime action adventure. That's why I'd sort yeah, of go it for. Is. I don't, it's, yeah, but it's I not an out and out war movie with a um, with a direct, you know, anti-war. Yeah, well, there's not like one army and another like army, and they meet in a courtyard and have a big yeah. battle. There's not that either. You know, mm-hmm. it's um like a slice, almost like a slice of life in a way. You yeah, know what I mean by that? It's a, a slice of a slice of a village. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a snapshot I mean. of yeah, a weird that. week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, a rough a rough week in Sonnenberg. Um, um, Sonnenberg. I would I would I would say that. My criticisms of the film are um, the pacing's a little bit off in places with some bits that really slow it down, but there's some really mm-hmm. excellent set pieces. There's some really nice fights with, there's a little bit of a Wiccan um, influence. 
as there um, is now, as, as you can't yeah, not have. You often see it's, yeah. it's increasingly um, the case. Good story, well acted. On my second watch, where I watched it with uh, subtitles, I, I still enjoyed it. Matt's revisioning his own work. So this is the quickest revisionist history you've ever seen, <laughs> folks. But one thing that I, I that did stand out to me more was the times when the score doesn't work. So right. there's points where um, some of the Western-themed uh, little audio motifs don't work for me. Um, I thought that the, the the climactic fight in the church at the end was really well shot, really well done, nicely storyboarded, um, paid off all the characters in a, in a way that was mm. partially what we what you would expect, but also in you know some nice nuance. But there were points where the, the, the twangy guitars didn't quite work, and I I don't know. There's something just I don't. Um, for some reason, mentally combine grey palette with um, spaghetti western style. Yeah, it's this whole thing. If you're uh, going to do score. it, lean into it way more. Because mm. um, the soundtrack is there for you to lean into. So I was expecting, you know, maybe like a... So, so they showed that bar at the start and I was thinking, oh, okay, so it's like you've got the western influence. We're going to have a shootout in that bar. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and we're going to have people flung over the... We do flung. get a classic hanging scene, though. Yeah, we do. We get that, yeah. But I was expecting people to be, like, you know, thrown up the bar and smashed into bottles of schnapps. You know, all things like that. I was, I was yeah. waiting for that to happen. It didn't happen. It just annoys me a little bit. And I'm kind of like you. I, As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the same boat this week. I'm sort of paddling away from it because I, I like the script. I like the characters. I like the setting. But, the as, as I said, the pacing just threw me right off. Yeah. I, the gold There's a middle me, section which goes into a little bit too much exposition. Yeah, and this is maybe where Oops. I'm critical. Well, it's not really no. It's sort of like the, the gold for me should be the is the MacGuffin. The gold's the reason. But yeah. then we go off on this huge, and it felt like half an hour because it just because it just dragged a little bit for me. Where we get this whole backstory of the gold and how it came to be and why it is and the the pastor's uh, you know backstory and his morality and all that. And I was like, well, I don't need it. Here's where I should be having a big interesting, shootout. interesting, but does kind of affect the pacing. It kind of really stopped the movie. It's why bit. I thought, yeah, about, about it, that. it might have been ten minutes, and it's ten minutes you could probably lose, or you could say through exposition. Because for me, all I needed to know at the start was um, von Starnfeld says, "Oh, that this was a Jewish family's house. Uh, it was burnt down. Yeah. We, we we threw the Jews out, and this was the that they had the gold, or they knew where the gold was." But then it turns yeah. out that's not really everything. And you do one or the other. You either do the exposition in dialogue or you show it, I think. It's, it, exactly, it yeah. Twice. You could have had a nice little flash. Well, I say a nice, but it's not nice to see the friend at the home and be at home burnt down. But you could have had a, a flashback there and shown that um, for, for the yeah. sake of yeah. a, a burning burning a building for about, you know, where, how, how much that would cost. But it, it annoyed me a little bit. And I kind of was expecting more than a Western soundtrack and some Sergio Leone looking, um, you know, Django style type, like titles cards. I was expecting more yeah. like Zizu. There were, in... there were enough beats. Yeah. And this words. is where it's annoying that we have Zizu to compare it to because it's unfair to compare the two because they're not the same kind of movie. Um, you know, I think uh, Blood and Gold leans more into the adventure 
style action adventure where Zizu is more of a, a weird road movie mixed in with an actioner, mixed in with a, a Western parody. There's a lot going on there, or Western homage at least, and strong silent types, all that type of thing. This movie isn't really doing that because Mazza has more to say, he actually has a backstory. Yeah. It, it, it kind of, it just didn't, it didn't land properly for me. Like there's moments hmm. I enjoyed, but this week, for, for quite a while actually, I haven't really, the movie just didn't resonate with me. It didn't stick in my head. I had to go back and watch a few sequences a few times because I just, I, I'll be honest with you, listen, I plainly forgotten them a week, uh, about, you know, a, a few days after watching it, which is a shame because I wanted to like this film because the trailer had built me up. And I think that's what, what um, reference go full circle back to the start of the episode. That trailer set me up for a film that I didn't get. And I was I was annoyed about that, but I'm not yeah. sure that's the fault of the director. I'm not sure that's the fault of the script writer, the cast, anything. That's a post thing for promotion, yeah. yeah. Which didn't do the movie I, a service. We we got that straight trailer, and then we got the uh, the sort of uh, mm. um, exploitation film style trailer. Yeah, and this movie isn't really that. No, it it's has not. beats it of isn't. it, but it doesn't it doesn't lean into it if, enough. If they'd gone all in it would have worked yeah. i think but also yeah. if they had gone for a, a straighter more um traditional kind of uh, war movie adventure mm. movie type thing with a different type of score some different editing choices then i think it would have mm. worked better that way just as well yeah it's yeah, this is what i mean well. i was can i was just conflicted with it this week i was like mm, i kind of want to like it then i don't and then i think mm. You know the, the John Wick fight scene. Do we need that? You know, could we? Could you I just thought that need... well? I, yeah, I, I, I've seen I it a I, lot though. Lately, I think it wasn't too Wiccan for me. It was okay. it was enough. Like there was there was parts of it that I thought, okay, that's that's quite a nice representation of how they've done that. I like how they right. approached that. I think I'm just, I've just I've had enough think of it, it lately. Was overblown, but I've seen John Wick four. You haven't seen John Wick four. Yeah, but then I was kind John of burnt Wick out. Four is way too John Wick overblown. three burnt me out a little bit of that whole yeah. well if you watch four it will it'll right well i've been i've been you know on a few people's recommendations been holding off on watching four for a bit um someone will come along and, and crack this western euro style thing that this was going for might lean into it heavier but this yeah. this wasn't it and this definitely have been it there's definitely some sort of subgenre or resurgence of a subgenre emerging with these sort of films. Nice try, but it just didn't it just didn't land for me. The best thing for you guys to do is you've had two opinions on it. Go and watch it and make up your own. You know? Yeah, please do. It's on Netflix. You know, one of the films which couldn't be easy to see if you have a Netflix subscription. So there we go. That was Blood and Gold. Um, next week will be our Patreon pick. If you are a Patreon uh, listener, by the time you listen to this episode, the, the vote might have gone. If you're not, do check um, the Patreon and do become a Patreon and help keep the mics on here. A Fof HQ, we'd love to have you. Um, and uh, keep it Fof for all things War Movie Reviews. Follow us on our socials on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. You find everything um, on our website, actually, at fightingofilm.com. You can start from episode one, have a Fof binge if you do. Let us know how you're enjoying the show, give us a review, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.